Hello everyone, Anne Cross here in the urban yurt in East London. Excited to be here with my regular podcast, Conversations of Spirituality in the Urban Yurt, where I invite guests into the yurt to have conversations with me on matters of the heart. We hear so much these days about our society becoming less religious and the statistics certainly prove that with more and more people actually self-defining as the religious nons. But my experience is actually that people are no less spiritual. In fact, they're taking responsibility for their own spirituality, for their own sense of that which is beyond the physical realm. Um, Sometimes remaining within a faith organisation, often not, but finding myriad ways to explore, to celebrate, to define their own spiritual path. And today I'm so happy to welcome Ian Moles into the Urban Yurt to have a conversation. Ian is a good friend, neighbour here in Newham. Um, Ian works for an organisation called Green Spirit, which we did hear a little bit about before when um, Hilary Norton came into the yurt to have conversation. She was telling us about it, but um, Ian's going to tell us something about that tonight, I think, in our conversation. Ian also trained with One Spirit Interfaith Foundation, as did I. So we have some crossovers there too. So welcome, Ian. Thank you. Thank you for coming along. Good to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Actually, yeah, this evening um, here, quite cosy in the yurt here. It's lovely. Yeah. So, Ian, perhaps because really, you, I invited you along this evening to have this conversation in part because, of course, you're coming here to the yurt in a couple of weeks' time to tell the unfolding story of the universe. So as a storyteller, you're going to be telling us from the Big Bang right up to recent time, the unfold. So we'll hope to hear much more about that during this conversation as well. Um, But first of all, maybe you would start by giving us a little bit of your background, perhaps any faith background, any spiritual background. Where where do you come from? Yes, well, well, I was brought up uh, in an evangelical Christian environment. In fact, both strands of the family very strongly embedded in that form of Christianity, which is a very kind of clear-cut version of Christianity, sort of beliefs are very clear, black and white. And um, there were some good things about it. It was kind of what I call a loyal and supportive and in some ways loving environment. And the church I belonged to had a sense of community, which was very good. Um, But there were things missing. And uh, certainly when I started getting to adolescence, I started becoming very uncomfortable and I started having arguments with people. And um, one of the phrases I always remember in those days is, why should the devil have all the good music? Mm. And I was playing in a band at the time, and we were kind of a Christian rock band. But it was kind of very nice, inverted commas. And then I'd see a heavy metal band and all their passion and power and sexuality and earthiness. And I think, wow, how passionate, how life-giving, how, how, how in some ways good. But in our Christian circles, we, it wasn't sort of wrong, wrong, but it wasn't what we did. And there was just something missing, a link missing. And I, for various reasons, left evangelical Christianity went on what I call a safari through the different faith traditions and so on until a penny dropped and that was uh, Matthew Fox articulating a radical form of Christianity to say instead of we are 
uh, miserable sinners, that we are born blessed, good. And it made a lot of sense. And he talked about the shadow, which is around uh, all these unconscious things, around instinct and sexuality and anger and all these difficult things, and said we need to embody them. And this was the start of a holistic spirituality, which was a huge revelation and really important. At last my soul could breathe and I could relax, I could be at home. And certainly when that led on to this nature-based spirituality, which isn't paganism, it's more than that. It's looking at holistic uh, form of spirituality. I could feel at home. I was away from all the mechanical, human-based ideas or dogmas. And I had this freedom in nature of explore, be wild, create. Mm and be passionate and uh, be your whole self mm. and it was fantastic it was so can I just go back to your teenage years because uh, just to tease out a little bit about what it was because the you said it had good community hmm. um, but I got a sense as you were describing it that it was a defined community that you were part of and you had a real sense of there was another world out there there was you were in a I don't want to put words into your mouth and say mm. box, but yeah. it's that, it kind of how it, how it felt. In a kind of a sense, yes. Um, uh, I mean, it, it's, these things are sometimes more complex than, than the, the stories w we create about them, but there was this sense, particularly back in those days, um, there was um, uh, one of the questions would be asked is, would you go out with a, a non-Christian, for instance? And that was the, the general expected answer was no, so that you were sort of expected to be part of this community in, in a kind of a nice way, not mm. in a forced way it wasn't mm. cultish in, in any sense but um, I remember it, it was like being on a um, looking out over a landscape uh, and wanting to start a wild adventure into all the forests and rivers and mountains and being on this little platform where people it felt to me, and this is only my experience, of no stay back in this kind of nice safe space. And part of our human journey actually is to explore, it's to question, it's to challenge, and that's actually my personality type. And I would say it was a deep need to go out. It wasn't just a nice to have or something I thought I might need to do. I absolutely needed to go out and explore. And it's, that's part of the adolescent process anyway. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm very glad I did. But it wasn't without its difficulty or traumas or, or, or challenges. Um, the uh, archetype of the Christ image is still deeply important for me. And I had this huge and still have um, uh, pull and push between uh, kind of what I call real Christianity and what I would call churchianity. Mm -hmm. And um, that's rather a simple way of describing it, but I now have this idea of the cosmic Christ, which is embedded into my spirituality, rather than the church or the dogma or the uh, the Bible, which have some useful things and good things, but also have what I call baggage and are held culturally behind what is happening in the world. Mm -hmm. So you went from your from your kind of teenage defined Christianity you said you went on a journey through the faith part so that was a journey through different forms of Christianity different different parts of Christianity um, it, it initially yes I mean when I went to university I mean I was brought up as a Protestant so often you're always looking for the other and I actually joined the Catholics okay. and there were two reasons to begin with one is they had a football team and they had a bar so I thought those were because I played football and I liked having a drink and so on so those are two good reasons the interesting thing about the Catholics were that you were kind of accepted full stop, whereas in the Protestants it was, do you believe in this, have you done this, or whatever. The Catholics, there was this open-hearted uh, acceptance, which, which I loved. So initially it was, um, it, was, it was a nice learning journey. It wasn't deep, but I was connecting with them. But inevitably after a while the cultural differences were deeper and deeper and I wasn't part of their 
make up their fabric, their social environment, if you like. And so it didn't quite click. It was a useful check-in, if you like. Mm. But I then went on to things like Quakerism a little bit, uh, which I loved because it was very open-minded, but eventually felt that they were inevitably held back by their own tradition, in a sense. And we live in this rapidly changing world. So then I went a bit more into kind of the New Age movement. And that was a, a very good thing for me, actually, because it triggered this kind of open-mindedness and this exploration, um, uh, which was very important for me. Um, having said that, it was all a bit disparate. You know, there were crystals here and goddess there and, and so on. And I'm someone who needs context. I need some kind of framework or, or meaning-making environment where it, that's to the penny drops. And I couldn't quite get that. It was too disparate for me. And it's when I came across things, people like Matthew Fox, who redefined Christianity that, uh, uh, and this kind of earth-based spirituality that a penny dropped. Mm. And I thought I could relax into something. Mm. So tell us a little bit about Matthew Fox for, for people who don't, who don't know him. OK. He, he's, uh, I would say, on the radical end of Christianity. And by radical, that often means going back to the roots. Mm -hmm. So it's really trying to say what is it all about. And he comes up with, one of the things he comes up with is beautiful four paths called the uh, positive path, the ne uh, or, or via positiva, the via negativa, the via creativa, and the via transformativa. So let me just very quickly explain that. Via positiva is about the positive, it's about awe, wonder, uh, the universe, uh, gratitude, beautiful things like that. The via negativa is about the uh, dark, the shadow, which was huge, that was the huge thing for me about sexuality or anger or depression or all these difficult things, but are very much important part of the holistic environment, uh, spirituality. And then the via creativa, which is about being creative. And again, that was hugely important for me because back in my evangelical roots, creativity wasn't um, something that was very easily embedded in the uh, faith tradition. Because being creative is, Matthew Fox would say, is part of our, our spirituality. So whether you are a visual artist or a storyteller or a musician or whatever, these are important expressions. And the interesting thing about the creative person is often they're boundary pushing and they're on the edges and they're bringing new life and experience and that's important. And the faith traditions sometimes find that difficult because they sometimes have too much inertia. Not all, that's probably a huge simplification. But it's this open-mindedness of the creative journey which is important. And then finally, the via transformativa, which sold the whole thing to me, because that's about actually putting, making decisions and actually putting things into action. So actually, as I'm passionate about homelessness, doing something about homelessness, or about climate change, which I'm also passionate about, or doing all these practical, real things in the world to make your spirituality grounded and alive and real. And it was this articulation that was away from the church that gave me kind of a framework to saying, that is something I can really put my heart and soul into. It was actually a stepping stone in a journey I, I see now, but it was this re-articulation. Re he always brought in mystics like Meister Eckhart, who's a Christian mystic, and he always quotes from Christian uh, mystics. So it had a very Christian framework, which was helpful for me. So it meant I didn't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I could still have my cosmic Christ Christianity, but uh, be outside the church, which I had to be, because I just couldn't sit with uh, some, some of it. And cosmic Christ? Uh, so this is like the Christ in all things. And this was hugely important for me mm -hmm. because one of the huge questions I had when I was adolescent is my evangelical Christianity taught me that Christians were right and Muslims were wrong and Buddhists were wrong. And again, it didn't kind of sit right with me deep down. And the cosmic Christ is the Christ in all things. So Christ is in the Buddhists and the Muslims and the agnostics and the atheists. 
And that's hugely important for me because a good spiritual path is about learning and understanding from other people. It's not about saying, here I am, I'm right, and mm-hmm. so on. It's saying, we're on this together. What's your truth? What's my truth? Let's share, let's understand. And Buddhists have some wonderful truths and uh, uh, Muslims have their wonderful truths. One of the analogies I heard, which I, I love, is saying each spiritual tradition is like a language. They all have their ways of expressing things, and you can't always translate things from one language into another, but they all have their value. And that's helpful for me. They all have their ways of being and explaining, and I can learn things from them, mm-hmm. And uh, as we all can if we're open-minded enough. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested to know whether you, you, you discovered Matthew Fox and all, all his wisdom in community with with others, or was this a, a, a very much a personal exploration? It, it initially, well, it was a bit of both. It was initially personal exploration. What happened was I'd been working in a bank for uh, in computing for many years. Got very stressed. I was very uh, my I would have to say my personality was very closed down because I was in a kind of survival mode. I moved away from that to work for homeless people, which was the beginning of what I call my de-icing, thawing of my personality and so I could explore. And I'd work for homeless people for three days a week and I'd have two days a week where initially I said, Ian, you could do anything you want. And I started reading as because I lo- love reading. And I go to sort of, I went to a place called St. James's Piccadilly, uh, which is a radical Anglican church. And kind of through that I found this this Matthew Fox organisation called the Association for Creation Spirituality, which was the precursor to Green Spirit. And there was a chap called Alan Shepherd who had his bookstall, which I loved, so I'd I'd buy lots of books from the bookstore and one of them I said well tell me what some really important titles and he showed me Original Blessing by Matthew Fox which was one of these uh, which was the book I described and I read that and that bang that was the beginning but what's important is the the ideas are very important to me but um, it's often it's not true for everyone but often community is also important in the sense of connecting with others and so he introduced me to the organisation the Association of Christian Spirituality which is now called Green Spirit and it's like a huge relief because I met like-minded people and all the kind of I, I sometimes felt up to that point quite sort of I was always the often the odd one out in groups and I would um, I, I'd sort of feel a bit you know I'd have to put on my nice mask and smile in order to integrate which I didn't feel comfortable deep down when I met these people I last the masks could come down and it was like for like Interestingly enough, it was probably at least in part a personality type. My personality type in Myers-Briggs is INFJ. And I meet a lot of INFJs in Green Spirit or similar type people. But that's probably an aside. It was being able to be spiritually open and talk to people and be at home and talk about wildness and passion and radical Christianity and the changes in society which are happening, which, as I say, the traditional church has been lagging behind. Mm. And uh, it was... Initially, to answer your questions, initially ideas, but then the connection with the people, which was important, mm-hmm. and that helped the flow carry mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. I just want to affirm the enormity of of leaving a job in a bank, which must have been well paid, secure, to go and work with homeless people, and then give yourself two days off to explore, to be, to to ask the questions, to. It, it sounds wonderful. If I can be very honest, it was um, I, I went through a very troubled time during my early 20s where I had to, um, honestly, I went through a depression, which, which meant that I, from, I learned something very important from that. And what I learned from that is you have to, I have to listen to 
deep within my soul. If I don't, I will get back depressed. So what triggered that leaving the bank was actually a learning from that experience to say, if I don't listen to my soul, I'm going to get depressed again. So leaving the bank wasn't, it was a survival, actually. It was sort of, I have to do this or else I'll be in trouble. And I had a lot of dreams that were pointing me that way, and I checked it out with a lot of people. So it sounds wonderful. It was actually a need. I had to do it. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, a need, but but still not necessarily easy to follow through. It, it wasn't actually. And I'm, I'm, well, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm hearing is, as well as a kind of spiritual exploration, there's been a lot of personal development work going along, alongside or together with, all bound up together. Ab- absolutely, all bound together. Exactly. People, we sometimes. Or I, you know, we sometimes try and separate spirituality and, and, and emotions and instincts, and, and they're all part of this. You know, they're all bound together, I believe, and very much so. It was uh, about personal exploration, and I could do these personal explorations in more kind of new age groups where you could be in verticals a bit crazy, which I love to do, and in workshops, and it's great. That's accepted and encouraged. And I couldn't do that in my Christian environment. They, they, they wouldn't get it. You know, they, they would say, "Well, Ian." Why, why, why don't you be inverted commas normal? You know, we we don't get it. And whereas when I meet people in the more alternative spiritualities, it's almost the other way around. It's you know, I, I can be in in a sense wild or crazy, and that, and I meet other people who in a sense are, and it, it's okay. It's part of our journey. So, mm. yeah. I heard you say earlier about the um, the basis of a lot of Christian groups. They're, they start at the point of suffering. They start at the point of original sin. I don't think you said original sin. but um, um, Whereas what I'm hearing from you about this new group that you discovered is that they're starting with the gift of you, however crazy. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> however you present yourself. Mm. And so to start with the gift of you mm. is to... Um, is to welcome and affirm you and mm. then get to know you. Mm. Um, uh, absolutely. And I'd say that's actually resonant of our culture at our time. What's interesting is the, the Christian um, liturgy often has all this sort of, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, I'm a sinner and so on. And it, it's, wrong to get too crit- it's wrong to be critical of that in the sense that it possibly was culturally appropriate at certain times in our culture's spiritual evolution. But it's not what actually is happening today. People uh, resonate today with affirmations and, and so on. Possibly that's what we need. So it's not just me, I think. We're part of a wider cultural change in that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this group that you are now part of, which I don't think originally was called Green Spirit, was it? It, it, it was called the Association for Creation Spirituality, as inspired by Matthew Fox, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So Matthew Fox founded that organisation. He, he was the inspiration behind it. Right. So what happened was he's based in America, so he'd come over to places like St James's Piccadilly, yeah. give talks, okay. and people um, at that stage in the 1990s there was actually quite a sort of a movements, not just with our group but others, of, of uh, looking at uh, more radical or liberal forms of Christianity. And so that part of that movement of that church at St. James's Piccadilly mm. formed a voluntary group and then formed themselves into a charity in 1995, uh, from which actually then they broadened out beyond Christianity into about in 1997, I think, and changed their name to Green Spirit. Mm-hmm. But that's where its roots started off, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So would you say a little bit more about the group, what kind of work it does? Um, I, can, I can hear you saying that you do a lot of exploring together, listening to each other, throwing ideas around. Is it, does it have a wider remit? 
Oh, yes. I mean, um, we are a registered charity in the UK. We have a, therefore, a, a council, and uh, then we have a membership of about 200, and we have an email list of about 1,400 or, or whatever, and more people who know us through the websites and so on. Uh, so we have a magazine, which we have three times a year, where people write articles and explore different ideas around green spirituality. We have our annual gathering, where we often have a speaker, and then we you know, may have discussion groups or workshops or meditations or whatever. Mm. We have something called our Wild Week in Wales every uh, August, uh, which is nearer, uh, based around a Celtic roundhouse where we celebrate our connection with nature and we've got a spring walking break coming up. So we have events as well as a magazine, as well as local groups, just a few dotted around, mm. as well as a website and social media and so on. So we, we, we have various things, but I think our heart is around this green spirituality which is around saying that we're connected with the earth we are whoever we are whether we're buddhist or jew or christian or agnostic or atheist we're all part of the earth we're all part of this wonderful amazing journey and we want to celebrate our connection with the earth and each other and uh are welcoming things like truth and love and hope and happiness and these good things mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. gorgeous um, of course, uh, I have had a previous conversation on the podcast with Hilary, who's also a member of Green Spirit. So we have heard a little of this before, but it's, it's really good to hear you unfolding it a little because you actually work for the organisation now. That, that's right, yes. So I do about three days a week. Um, and uh, I, I, people give me labels. I, I, I like My label I like to give myself is general enthusiastic person. Because I, I go around sort of enthusing and say, yeah, this is good, and so on. And uh, uh, But then I also... Generally in life, or particularly within Green Spirit? Uh, particularly, uh, possibly generally in life, but particularly in Green Spirit. Um, uh, that's my title for me. The, the others, administrators, one title, or, or coordinators sometimes use. And I'm very relaxed around titles in the sense that it's actually important what we... The most important thing is the vision and how we as a group connect to it and, mm. and enable it to happen and so on. And on the whole, it, it, it's such a relief and a joy to do because I, I'm so passionate about bringing relevant meaning-making into the world, which I think is a real need for people, as, as we spoke before this uh, podcast. And I can express my passion through this work, and it's, uh, it, it's beautiful to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Would you call it a ministry? Um, I, the, the, one of the challenges is, the, 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 and there's no easy answer to this, because we have a lot of cultural baggage around words like God or ministry or spirituality and so on. And one of the challenges I, 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 I'm trying to do uh, slowly is to use words that have a lot less baggage. The trouble is some of the words are, are not as... Um, uh, don't hold such resonance. Um, ministry sounds to me a little, uh, for me, has a little bit too much of the, the Christian roots but let me ask what the intention around that question is is it if the intention is is it an outflowing of a, um, uh, a, a spirituality that I feel connected and passion, uh, passionate about the answers are clear yes so um, but it's not rooted in Christianity or, or in a sense not rooted in any religion but it does draw from these religions mm. so when we I say I'm, I'm part of the earth I'm a human being and so therefore I draw from aspects of Christianity or, or maybe Buddhism or, or science or, or whatever so it's it, it's an outflowing of that passion if that makes mm -hmm. sense mm -hmm. yes thank you I'll 
The other word I was just going to throw into the conversation was ritual. Right. Um, I've been along to some of your the Green Spirit um, gatherings that you mm. have, um, which I would say have a sense of ritual to them. Mm. I don't know if you would uh, agree with that, but maybe you would talk a little bit about the gatherings, the local yeah. gatherings sure. that you have here in Newham. Sure. They're yeah. very beautiful. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, um, I, I, I'm happy to use the word ritual, although I do know for some people that has baggage with it, but... It's uh, um, uh, a celebration might be another word. Um, we what we tend to do is we celebrate often aspects of our connection with the earth, but also um, our connections with each other and and, the, uh, and uh, how we express our spirituality. One of the things I hope we do, um, or at least it's an intention, is to be very inclusive in our gatherings. Mm. So that when we're, for instance, lighting candles or when we're um, offering readings or whatever, we try and include people as much as possible. And that, I think, is a, a very important part of a good, uh, healthy community of a, a, any sort. And is a bit different from some of the organised religions which can be very prescriptive around you know you need to do this and do this and so on and you have a minister who's the person who's sort of running the show as it were we have uh, I hope more of a kind of a, of the intention is more of a flat inclusive structure having said that you have to have someone who actually holds a space but it's um, the expressions are uh, around earth connection and, uh, and inclusivity I hope mm. so yeah mm. I, I actually find them I'm surprised. Very important, more than I thought. I, I always say to Hillary, who's one of the person who main organizer of it, well, tell me what you want to do, and I'll do a soup, or I'll do a poem, or a story. And I, I never mind what it is, and I, I don't mind doing nothing as well. But it's actually being part of a group that is celebrating is actually deeply binding. I, the older I get, the more straight parties, they're okay, but it, it feels just like billiard balls bouncing off each other. Whereas when you've got this ritual, you've got this intention of connection into deep roots, and I can feel that more times than others, but, but with a group that's got this intention, this connection, and that for me is very important. Mm. Mm. I think the group is very successful at inclusivity. Oh, good. <laughs> Whenever I've there. been along, by the end, everybody has had a part. Good. Everybody has has had their opportunity to to bring themselves, to bring their ministry Absolutely. to the to the group. Absolutely. It's very, it's very beautiful. Good. Good. Mm. Mm-hmm. So tell us about the universe story. Without you know, without putting any spoilers out there, I mean we don't want to uh, uh, we're hoping that people will come along to the evening on the fifteenth of March. Um, but just give us a little taste of, of, of of what will happen. Okay, well, I'm going to be just doing a storytelling about the universe story, and this is the story as revealed by science from the Big Bang 13.8 billion years ago through the creation of the stars and galaxies and then planet Earth and then life appearing on Earth and the evolutionary of life and finally our human uh, journey on this Earth. And what's there's lots and lots of things I could say about this story, but what I will be doing during the evening is I'll be doing storytelling of each section and then what I'll be doing is a grounding in real personal human either experience or, 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 yeah, human experience. So we'll have a bit of story and then saying, what does this really mean in our lives? Because a lot of the challenges we have in the world are actually around, you know, stress or relationships or, or too much work or, or, or whatever it is. So to try and bring some grounding around that. I'm 
passionate about this story. It's not the be-all and end-all. It's all spiritual traditions need different stories and things. But one of the many things it offers me is context. And I, I need context in order to see something. So that, again, if I, when I was in the New Age or, or being a bit in the New, New Age movement, it was lovely in many ways, but it was all a bit disparate. You know, there was goddesses and crystals and so on, and it just didn't fit together somehow. Whereas this universe story gives me a context, it gives me a flow of the universe around how we came to be here, and it gives hints and clues about our meaning and purpose. Because I can see in that journey beauty and awe and wonder, uh, some fantastic things that open my heart and saying, this is absolutely amazing, how, how, could I, how, how, how have I come to be in here, that's, that's incredible. But also times of difficulty and destruction and death, which then moved on, and I can see that resonance in, in my own life sometimes. And so it gives these spiritual lessons and journeys to say, I am. Uh, uh, it, it, it's incredible that I'm here, but it's it, it somehow I am now part of this flow, and now I have a, a place to a, a part to play in this ongoing drama. If I didn't have this meaning-making context for me, uh, I feel that well, I'll just lie on the floor and, and wait to die or something I mean I, what gets me out of the bed in the morning what says what's important it's this fact that we're on a journey uh, and it's important it's a meaningful it can be a loving a passionate uh, creative journey and I, I can hopefully play my part and it gives me that sense of encouragement and context to be, help me to be able to do that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, I, yeah the journey the, the idea of the, the unfolding journey of the universe and the human evolution that's going along with that journey of the universe. We're all part of that story. Absolutely. So one of the many things I I like to draw from it is that we all belong. And that's particularly these days in our society where there's more stress and social media. People often feel very dislocated. I know I sometimes do. I'm a bit addicted to my mobile phone. And actually, it might give me all these dopamine hits. But actually, I then lack sometimes... Uh, as much sort of face-to-face contact as I should be having and so um, this story gives me a helpful answer to this it says we are we belong to this story I'm not separate I am part of this wider context and I'm here to play my part so it gives that sense of belonging which is very important the other thing you, you touched on there was about evolution and what I'm fascinated is about is the fact that we became conscious as humans somewhere between probably 100,000 or 200,000 years ago. But since then it's possible to, change, uh, to trace the evolution of our human journey and spiritual journey. So people would have what we would call indigenous type spiritual uh, views when we first became um, uh, uh, conscious, and that might be called animism, where the spirit is in everything, and then it, mo- it moved on perhaps very simplistically uh, to these monotheistic religions, Christianity, Buddhism, Islam, and so on. And uh, now, we, then the Enlightenment happened where uh, the, the age of reason came in, which had so many good things, but some challenging things as well. And now we're, I think, the stage of, 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 it's like a spiral. We, it, it, all of these stages were necessary parts of a journey, but we are on a, a human spiritual journey to, to go on to the next step. We must draw from these wonderful depths and truths, but not, one thing people often do in spirituality is they want to jump back. It's all a bit difficult, so I want to jump back 2,000 years, or I want to jump back to the Enlightenment, or I want to jump back 5,000 years to indigenous spirituality. And whilst we can draw on this, we have to face today's world with its challenge. We have to sometimes bring new metaphors or new uh, 
confluence of ideas uh, and pathways to be able to respond to today's world. So it's a very, uh, my, I'm alive with my spirituality because I believe it's right up to date and it's drawing from our evolutionary past, but yet as a new form of how we can face the world, if that makes sense. I heard Barbara Max Hubbard speak recently. I don't know if you've I've, I've come heard, across yes, Barbara. A little bit, yes. Um, and she talks about, she talks a lot about evolution and she talks about uh, human beings uh, or homo sapiens and the next, ev- the next evolution of human beings she calls homo universalis. And the as we move into a new um, a new spirituality, a, 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 a growing, evolving spirituality, um, that our connection with the with the wider cosmos actually are we moving to a time when we're going to have a greater sense of the wider cosmos. It's helpful to try and imagine the future. It's important that we do, and, and, and it, that sounds a wonderful idea, and it could be true. One of the things I, I, I've learned about the universe story is that for some people it's a bit too sort of big and out there. So I'm fascinated by astronomy, about stars and galaxies and so on. I, absolutely, it really triggers me, and I, I, I come alive. But a lot, a lot of people actually don't. It's too far out there, you know, uh, and they uh, actually talk about the Earth is uh, better for some people because it's more immediate, mm. and they can talk about trees and rivers and so on so whereas I think there could be some truth that we're, we're moving to this universal context um, what I, I, I always with any spiritual journey you often have to take lots of doses of humility and uh, there's some people may who may talk about the spirituality evolving in, in, in different ways and that, that truth is good so maybe it would be language but the word I often use is we're all part of the living earth because I know that resonates with more people than than not. If I talked about we're all part of the evolving cosmos, about 50% of the audience would switch off. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that we are made differently and Mm -hmm. it's different language. And for you, for you personally, you've you've said the the wider cosmos speaks to you. It has a a resonance for you. Absolutely, yes. Mm. There's an interesting um, personality type called intuitive or sensor. Uh, and intuitive? Or sensor. Or sensor. Or sensor. So these are Jungian personality types. Mm-hmm. So the intuitives are the big picture people, mm-hmm. and the sensors are the kind of day-to-day people. So a sensor would say, the room is warm, the, uh, the lights are on, the dinner was hot. It's a very day-to-day sensory thing. 75% of people are, are sensors. Mm-hmm. 25% of people are intuitives and that means I'm thinking about climate change, about the whole earth uh, systems, I'm thinking about global economic systems, I'm thinking about um, the Big Bang you know, these big picture things and I'm right at the end of, of being on the intuitive side, of the big picture side, that's actually why for a lot of my journey I didn't connect with people because I was talking the language of big picture and they're often talking about going to the pub and mm-hmm. the meal and, and, and so on until I met more kind of green spirit type people where, where I've gotten a wavelength so yes to answer your question in a long way very much for me it's the big bang big cosmos picture but I understand it's also at least in part a personality type that mm. I, 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 I respond to that and not mm. everyone does and mm. that's okay mm. but isn't that the glorious picture of of the of the whole cosmos I mean I'm always fascinated by 
um, you know, some some kind of photographs or something where you wouldn't actually be sure whether you were looking at the the, the whole cosmos or a microscopic view of cells. Hmm. Oh, the the kind of the the yes. the m- mirroring is that the right? I don't know if that's quite the right word, but that kind of replication all through the cosmos of the big picture oh. and the tiny picture. Oh, absolutely! Uh, the one I've seen is of uh, brain neurons, uh, neurons mm. looking like the galaxies and uh, and so on. It's absolutely fascinating. The more I. I, I, I I found it absolutely fascinating and, and awe-inspiring. I mean, it, it, and also the universe is incredibly vast, absolutely mind-bogglingly large. And now scientists are saying quite possibly we, we're part of multiverses. There may be other universes. That's unproven, but it's now mm. coming up, uh, along as a stronger theory. So we're part of this absolutely amazing expansion and, and so on. And the interesting thing is we, and we easily anthropomorphize with the word. We... we we sometimes want to have a god who kind of made it because we understand that it's a human kind of way because we we see humans making things and i i, I wouldn't say that's wrong because i think what the whole thing is a mystery that's the fundamental point we can't um we at the moment anyway we don't have the science to solve all the things of why it happened and what's going on so we have to use ultimately poetry or metaphor or imagination and so some people imagine a god, and that's not wrong. But I, I, I like to kind of imagine a, a kind of a field of energy, a field of cosmic compassion and truth and justice and beauty and creativity. And it's my journey to link into that, that energy. It's like saying the sun is bringing down all this light and we, we need the sun to, to be alive. And I need this cosmic compassion, truth, justice, energy, uh, which I need to tap into to be fully and, and deeply myself. So it's not like there's a God who's, you know, like a human who's thinking, planning and organising, but it's part of a, a web of unfolding w- of which I'm part. Mm-hmm. I often close these conversations by asking a f- kind of final question of what brings you hope? in our world of chaos and crisis as it often feels like I think you've probably just answered it um, in that beautiful description but I'll, I'll, I'll ask it again anyway what is it that brings you hope? Um, it's the depth of, uh, of the human spirit to face challenges and difficulties and uh, still have that that what comes from the universe is birthing this newness and there's hundreds of stories of humans who've faced difficulties and tragedies and I, I get tearful about it but you think oh well obviously you know they'll um, they'll be bitter and resentful and jealous and unhappy and they don't they forgive they they love they they go on their campaigns to create a better world and it's beautiful to see that what however difficult things are we have this deep capacity to face and to challenge and to grow beyond and I believe this comes from this spiritual cosmic energy which is all around us and that that for me is deeply hopeful I've seen it in my own life and in others and there's there's where there's a human or where's there's nature where there's this aliveness where there's there's always this hope it doesn't mean it's easy we've got to make decisions and face things but it's Mm. it's always there around us Mm. Mm. that's really beautiful thank you thank you Anne. i am going to ask you one more question i i'm friends with you on facebook and i notice that you're a football fan Mm. and i'm interested to know if um 
if that has something to say about your spiritual life. Absolutely does. And, and one of the things that really frustrates me sometimes is that, you know, people, people can sort of see spirituality as sort of like separate from sport and so on. And actually, it's, it's deeply connected. There are lots of different aspects to that. But it's partly um, being a male, actually, because what we do in our indigenous past is go about in groups of about 11 and go off hunting. And now we don't do that for lots of good reasons. Um, and even the idea of hunting now is, you know, particularly with the rise of vegetarianism for lots of good reasons, is, is questionable. But this, this, this change has happened very, very quickly in evolutionary time, only in, the, say, the last hundred years since, or, or since the Industrial Revolution has things really started changing. So this deep-rooted hunting energy, where's it going to go? And, you know, you can just try and forget it or repress it, but part of my Earth-based spirituality is to express instinct. And when I play football or I see a football match, I can get into that passion and scoring the goal is like like the hunt and I can shout and cheer and be exuberant and so on and also you know when we lose be uh, sad and upset and I, I bond with it doesn't have to be men it could be women as well around we're all part of this team and so on and Matthew Fox actually talks about this spirituality of of you know sport and how important it is and particularly these days we the men the, the, to be very blunt, there are a lot more suicides amongst men than women, and it's up to us men to do the work to find our spirituality. And women are very good at talking about their feelings and so on, which is a beautiful thing. We need to do that as men, but we also need to find our masculine male energy, and part of that comes out in sport in a healthy way. It comes out in other ways as well, but we need to, it, it's a need, and uh, I, um, uh, I, I love it. Uh, it's mm. an important part of my spiritual, spiritual journey, mm. I think. I'm so glad I asked that question. Thank you. That's, a, that's really interesting. I mean, we, we've recently started here in the uh, a red tent for women once a month, for Lovely. women to gather and discuss issues that are pertinent to women, mm. to women's experience. Um, and I, uh, I, it has come up since we've started this, well, what about the men? Where, you know, where's the men's groups? Mm. So I don't know what colour tent men would have. No, and, and, and I, I kind of think, you know, one of the, the things I think in, back in the 1990s men got wrong was to try and just copy what women would do. Yeah, right. So I don't think we'd actually have a men's tent. I think we'd have a men's activity because mm. what women tend to do is they talk first and then do an activity. Men tend to do an activity and then talk. So we need a male fishing group or a male football team or a male exploring the wilderness group. And after we've done all that activity, then we'll say, well, how do you feel about that? And, and then things can unpack and so on. So uh, there'll be a different dynamic. But we, we do need to do the work. It's important. Yeah. And men and women need to do the work together as together well. Too. You know, we, we, need, we need also to come together and honour the differences and the, what's the same as well. So that's important. Ian, what a great conversation. I, it could go on and on. You are fascinating. You are really fascinating. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming to the urban yurt and having this conversation and we really look forward to you coming back on the 15th of March well thank you very much I've loved the opportunity and thank you for your wonderful way of the questions and, and, and so on the interview it's been wonderful thank you very much thank you well thank you again Ian that was uh, that was great to uh, to chat with you this evening um, if anybody would like to come along to meet Ian and to um, hear him tell the universe story then do get in touch 
um, either through the website, my website, revancross.com, or you could email me at anne at revancross.com. So do get in touch. Um, that will be quite a lovely evening. There's a few things coming up in the yurt, actually, over the next couple of weeks. Next week, 6th of March, we've got the Red Tent um, for uh, local women. And on the 16th of March, we have our monthly Kirtan. Um, so that's at 10 o'clock on Saturday, the 16th. So, uh, yeah, a few things. So do keep in touch via Facebook or um, my website to keep up to date. I've also started um, mailing a newsletter. So if you would like to join the database for that, then do, yeah, drop me an email and I will add your address to the list. So great, thanks for being with us this evening and uh, look forward to being with you next time. Do subscribe to the podcast to make sure that you're alerted when the next podcast um, comes online and uh, yeah, be with you again soon. Bye for now. <laughs>